welcome to the Creative Wellness Podcast with Bethann Short. Welcome back. Recently, I got to go out to Merrill Hirsch University, where I've been teaching, but I got to go out and interview Mary Anders, the new program director in the art therapy program out there. I'm here today with Mary Andrus. Hello. Glad to have you. Actually, I'm here in your office. I'm getting to visit Mary in her office that's full of really, really, really great art. And uh, Mary, why don't you tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I am uh, currently the program director of the Art Therapy Counseling Program at Merrillhurst University. And um, I also want to practice in Chicago relocated here about a year and a half ago. What's that practice called? It's called Art Therapy Studio Chicago. Nice. Nice. Okay. And so you relocated when? Uh, September of last year. Mm -hmm. And that was to come teach? That was to come teach here at the university. And now you are in a different role. Yes. I I was hired as an instructor and um, I moved into the director position at the beginning of uh, this past September. So I've been doing that for almost seven months now. Nice. How's that going? It's actually pretty amazing. I'm very much enjoying it. How are you feeling um, a part of the university in that role? You know, I feel completely supported by the university, and um, it's quite exciting because the program has been here for 30 years, and those 30 years have been under one person, one director, um, so it's, it, it's an exciting time because the university is willing and wanting to um, integrate the art therapy department into the university, whereas in the past it's kind of functioned separately from um, the university, and now it's, we're more inclusive. Um, we've moved into the art building. Um, we're, we're really making some positive changes that are uh, strengthening the program which was already very rigorous and very strong, but we're adding to it, and, and it's great to see the university really wrapping its support around us to be able to make it the way that it needs to continue to grow. It sounds like it's evolving a lot with the times. Yes. And um, I'm assuming that you're definitely having to use your creativity. As you know, this is a big podcast about creativity. Um, I'm assuming you have to use your creativity pretty much every day. Yes. I think where it comes in is thinking outside of the box of ways to, um, to approach teaching and learning and opening up um, relationships and collaborations and um, thinking about ways of marketing the program and making it known to the community and um, supporting the needs of the community. Um, thinking about, like, we've created a, a blog, and we have a new, like, creative counseling and therapies page that highlights the work that's being done it, within the university. We've um, added an open studio, and thinking about ways to engage with people that um, allows for their creativity. In addition to that, um, putting together an annual conference here at the university that has an integration of all of the different modalities. Not just art therapy. Not just art therapy. Music therapy, 
dance therapy, drama therapy, even religious studies is a part of that. And we're looking at trying to bring together um, all of these minds to share best practices with one another and create opportunities for people to come and, and learn and, and share and network with one another. Because that's a big piece that I think has been missing from this particular program. And, and I can also attest to the fact that that big piece has been missing from our community for a long time. I know that as a practicing art therapist and alumni um, from here in Melhurst, um, that's definitely been missing. So that's great. That's very welcome. Yeah, it's quite exciting. And um, to see the university really embracing this idea and wanting to support us with that um, is tremendous. And for it to become like a regular thing that we offer every year that people can look forward to and, and put on their calendar and know that it's coming up, they can start to be thinking about what do they want to present on or what do they want to learn about. And um, being a part of that is, I think, important for people to feel a, that sense of community that maybe has been missing in this community. So what time of year will that be? In the spring. In the spring. So is there one this year? No. So we're planning, planning it for, for next, next year. year. That's great. That's really good. It's a very nice timeline to make sure it's really cohesive. And it's, it's actually going to coincide with the... Um, 100th anniversary of the university. Oh, nice. So it's it's actually a, an ideal time to really be mm -hmm. bringing people together and, mm -hmm. and honoring this this space, this beautiful campus and mm -hmm. um, its history. It is a beautiful campus. I know that there's lots of wonderful things out here. I remember walking, just going for walks between classes myself and seeing deer even. Yeah. I'm sure you see them. I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. There's some fig trees around the the campus uh, chapel, and the, there's a mother deer and a baby deer that like to go in the evening Aww. and nibble on the That's pigs. so sweet. So we've talked about creativity in your new position. What kind of art do you make? Well, another change that I made is um, the, the art therapy studio class has typically been um, focused around having the students bring in artwork from their practicum to share and talk about and I've I've still continued to do that but I've implemented an hour of art making at the beginning of every class with the students to give them a place where they can practice self-care and engage in their own process and mm -hmm. share that with one another and I have made art alongside them as um, my time for me to kind of process and think about my own transition and my own journey and to also empower them as someone who values art making as a part of a daily practice mm -hmm. and try to instill that in them in their own self-care. Does that how often does that happen? Once a week. That's great. Mm, yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. Well, as you know, I have an open studio and I have also incorporated ways to make art myself in what I do. And so I completely understand where you're coming from with that approach. What kind of media do you like or what's inspiring you in your own art right now? So um, at home what I um, have been doing is is teaching myself how to use encaustic mm -hmm. and um, I took a little workshop when I first moved here and bought all the supplies. I've got like a griddle and a bunch of little tins and um, I've just been playing around with layering and, and using a heat gun and um, seeing what kind of uh, effects I can get and that process has been tremendously helpful in that I'm in a new place 
everything's kind of foreign to me. And working with this new process was nice for me to kind of have this parallel between my work or my, my life and my art. And I think that's often how I work is um, trying to match a engagement with materials that matches my internal feeling state or my mm -hmm. understanding of my, my life. Um, and the encaustic has tremendously just been a, an important uh, part of that mm -hmm. over the last year. I love that media. I have actually experimented with non-traditional encaustic and then have used crayons instead of the regular pigments that you buy, but I have um, still use beeswax. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of, it's a little less toxic mm -hmm. <laughs> than, the, than the traditional, but there's something pretty wonderful about when you're melting and then uncovering layers and then adding layers mm -hmm. and scratching in and putting other media underneath. Right. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. So I've, I've played around with just finding like beautiful flowers and pressing them mm -hmm. and drying them and then <clears throat> sticking them in there and then finding collage imagery mm -hmm. and putting that in there um, and then scraping away when I don't like it and yeah. then using that same surface. And it, as it, you rework it, it just becomes more and more luscious. I totally agree. That's wonderful. So I know you're a mom. I bet you're creative there. I try to be. Um, I have a, a very opinionated five-year-old who... Um, I think that's five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mine's a teenager. Oh, my gosh. About to be 16 in two days. But I think five is one of those. She She's very particular about what she wants um, and how she wants to do it and <laughs> doesn't let me... Participate unless she tells me what to do. At least we're in that stage right now. Although we did um, buy her a new bed. It's like a bunk bed. And it came with a bunch of very large boxes from Ikea. And so we actually have transformed her room into a mini house oh with the boxes. Um, we put one of them at an angle for the roof and one for the wall, another one for the two doors. And we cut some windows and things out of it and created a chimney. Um, and so half of her room is a house that's made out of these boxes <laughs> that we've started to paint on the walls. Nice. Um, she's, it's kind of fun for her because she's able to kind of each day add a little bit more to it. And oh my gosh. Last night we created a, door, a doorbell. And so she had to um, <laughs> make a daddy height one, a mommy height one, and a, a height for her right. um, that we can all be able to ring the doorbell. Oh my gosh, it doesn't make noise. Yeah, it's like one of those little noisemakers that you blow through, <laughs> and it's inside of a cup, and so you have to not use your hands, but just blow with your, <laughs> your mouth. Okay, that's definitely creative. So yeah, your kid's also creative. She's totally creative, and it's really fun because seeing the, the world through her eyes really opens up my creativity and gives me the space to, to see things from a different perspective. Parenting is very great place to practice creativity in all the years that whatever comes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh how did the family adapt to coming here did you all like i'm sure have to try new things and meet new friends and like i think we're still adapting yeah i, I would say um we haven't fully like incorporated a a large social group that feels like it's a good mesh it's hard to to meet people when you're parents because you're home typically during the, the prime time that you would be socializing with people. Right. Um, you need to like 
get your kid in bed by seven, it's hard to like have a social life. I feel like we met a lot of our friends because of our kid. Yeah. And like other parents. Sure. Sure. So, yeah. And it's hard to both be working parents and um, trying to balance integrating into a new city. And so it's, it's been challenging, but we're, we're figuring it out. What's inspiring you these days in the world? And it could be creatively, it could be in other ways. What's inspiring you? could be related to art, but you know, it also could be related to what you do. I, don't I know. think the politics, the political landscape that we're in is inspiring me to want to make art from a social action perspective. And um, I never have had that urge until now. Mm -hmm. And Will you talk more about the social action? I mean, you and I have know, both know about that from our experience and our education probably, but some of our listeners might not understand like the art therapy piece or. Sure. So I can give two examples. Um, this weekend, I'm actually flying back to Chicago uh, for the weekend and I will be hosting an event on Saturday where it's called creating unity and community through art making. And I'm, I'm hosting an event free for people to come to, um, where we're going to be painting on the wall a mural outside of the studio um, that's all about like bringing people together and getting them to create a piece of art together mm -hmm. um, and accepting all people and all from all walks of life and trying to reflect that in the mural that we write mm -hmm. that we, we paint. In addition to that, I am doing a, a, a initiative where I'm having People make art on pink postcards, and we're going to mail them to the White House, kind of in response to um, the efforts with the Women's March, and um, using this time to come together and express our thoughts and voices by taking action, by making art, and by um, trying to impact social change, mm -hmm. um, and sending messages about respecting all people. and. Um, that women's rights are human's rights and identifying some of the concerns that we have around the discrimination of racial injustices, of um, LGBTQ, of Muslim people, of immigrants. And I mean, those are the people that don't have maybe the um, respect or the, the voice to be able to speak for themselves. So providing a space where people can come together and express their thoughts, I think is important to hopefully impacting social change. Mm -hmm. um, this is one step that, that I hope will be effective, but I'm sure there's a lot more things that need to happen mm -hmm. in order for these changes to happen. But I think giving people a place to be able to voice their thoughts and feelings is important um, for them to be heard and for people to come together and just talk about how they've been impacted by this new administration. and. Um, to come together in solidarity and support and to use art as a means of expressing themselves is really important. So that's one thing that I'm, I'm working on. Mm -hmm. A second thing that I'm working on is here at Merrill Hurst University. So um, in that studio class that I told you about that I paint every, every week, I've created a picture of an eagle that's behind you. Um, and the eagle is really pissed off 
and I plan I'm to... I'm going to take a picture of it, and sure. then I'll put it in the blog post. Too. Yeah. So I plan to display that eagle during the faculty art show at Merrillhurst University in the show and library, and I'm collecting signs from all of the marches, mm -hmm. and I'm printing pictures from the Women's March from the New York Times. Um, there's, I think, 121 pictures from the marches all over the world mm -hmm. that I'm going to put around the eagle, mm -hmm. um, in addition to these signs from the different marches, whether it's a march, the Women's March, or a march mm -hmm. from um, the, the uh, the protests in the airports, mm -hmm. or any any marches essentially that have happened since this administration took place, um, and I really want to try to bring people's awareness around the um, injustices that are happening, and provide a place for people to talk about it and to think about it and to um, just percolate around what is their role and how can they impact social change through art or through their actions. I think that's I think that's great. I think about people who don't make art, they think, oh, I'm not creative. And they still look at art, murals, whatever, and they're able to see somebody else's perspective. And just having an open mind and trying to embrace that message, that's creativity. Totally. And I think what you're describing sounds like it would really engage a lot of people, not just people making art, but people impacted by seeing your mural or uh, being a part of a postcard writing crew. I know there's a there's a postcard writing crew uh, in Portland that one of my interns sent me a link to be a part of. On Wednesday nights, they meet and they write postcards every week and send them in. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's amazing. I've definitely seen in this climate, uh, people coming together that may not have. Mm -hmm. Maybe they would have come together for small reasons, but they're really like consistently coming together yeah. and being actively seeing that they could maybe make an impact. The more, you know, banding together yeah. and being a bigger group. So, yeah, that sounds great. I think doing. this role as a um, program director in this university with this amazing art therapy program under my direction, I'm seeing the importance of me being an activist and to get fired up and to inspire others to do the same. Um, and I never thought of myself as being a social activist, but I think there's ways that I can do that that feel comfortable for me. Um, and to engage people in creativity and, and expressing themselves um, that brings us together rather than divides us from each other. A question that kind of connects to that. I mean, <clears throat> for somebody who is looking at Merlehurst, you know, going into the field of art therapy, even if it's not at Merlehurst, what would be something you'd want to tell them about becoming an art therapist right now? What would what, what it what are they looking at? I think it's a really heavy question. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Take what you want from it. Yeah. I think, or maybe, maybe even you could just talk to the part about like people who are applying here. What what should they know about what they could expect from being a part of this program? 
This program is very rigorous and it does require a lot from the student, not only like intellectually, but also, also emotionally, spiritually, um, physically, <laughs> in the sense that like you're not only like learning how to understand the complexity of other people, but you need to really be able to look at yourself and um, understand and practice what you're attempting to engage with other people. And if you're not willing to look at yourself and grow and, and commit to a lifetime of growth and self-reflection and supervision and um, continuing education, then and, and really seeing how you're impacted by people and how these, it's a space between in those relationships where the work is happening and being able to continuously look at that, then you just have to be sure that that's what you want. Because mm -hmm. um, it's, a, it's a big commitment. It is. And it doesn't matter where you go. <clears throat> if you really want to be effective as an art therapist, you have to be willing to do that. So you did speak to all of them, not just our program. Yeah. You did just speak to everyone. Yeah. So I think that's really sound advice that you just said. I mean, for sure, a long life of self-reflection and evolution. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's that kind of a job when you support people. And I think um, your studio offers an amazing opportunity for people to engage in reflective art making, personal imagery, and a knowing of themselves. And I think that that's an essential piece. Um, finding a place where you can safely look in the mirror through the art as your, your window into yourself and look at it with understanding and uh, curiosity and uh, I think finding spaces and places where you can engage in that kind of introspective look and external look at like what's happening socially and how you can make impact in social change is essential for today's art therapist and thinking about working with diverse groups of people or culturally different groups of people um, and advocating for those who maybe don't have a voice and how your work is not only like important to be a, a solid clinician but also someone who's going to impact the world and in doing so that's a big undertaking and um, knowing art therapy literature and learning about different art therapists and what they've done um, is important for you to have like a foundation for stepping into this profession. Well said. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so shifting gears. Yeah. That was a big art therapy piece and very important. Mm -hmm. I'm glad we talked about that. I think just to kind of lighten things up a little bit, what are you finding some pleasure, creative fun in, in your life? Maybe you're reading a book or watching a streaming something or, you know, I've been watching that baby giraffe, or the giraffe that's pregnant. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I've been seeing so many posts on social media about that. It's pretty soothing. I actually got up. I couldn't sleep at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, and I was, like, thinking about all kinds of things. And I pulled up the giraffe, and I was like, man, how does it, does it just stand all the time? Its legs are so thin. Yeah. 
and it's holding like a, a very large giraffe baby inside of its <laughs> belly mm-hmm. and it eats a hundred pounds of food every day oh it's gosh. like it's mind-boggling but it's so soothing to just watch it kind of like slowly walking away yeah that's great i, I love that i that was very unexpected <laughs> is there anything that you're working on right now that you feel like you want to plug or anything exciting going on that you want to plug um we're trying to pass a bill for therapy license in the state of Oregon. We are. What do you want to say about that? I'm learning a lot about the legislative process. Mm-hmm. And it's it's amazing how much work goes into making a bill into a law. And um, There's creativity there. There is. Even though you wouldn't think so, there's a ton of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's eye-opening. So many people that touch it in some way, not necessarily physically touch it, but metaphorically touch it Mm -hmm. and have some kind of an impact on it. Mm -hmm. And there's absolutely creativity there. Mm -hmm. Um, Navigating all the different identities of people that are involved Mm -hmm. in the process, Mm -hmm. informing yourself. Um, I've been part of that group as well with you and, yeah, it's definitely, I think I I had no idea I was going to be so involved in this kind of version of politics yes. when I was getting my art therapy degree. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's cool to be a part of something that is probably going to impact future generations of art therapists in this part of the country. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I would also say that um, I'm working on my dissertation and I'm trying to finish up my doctorate in art therapy. Will you talk a little bit about that? I'd like to hear, I mean, I, what I, I'm researching. Well, I know, I know what you're researching, but I think what you're researching is really interesting. Yeah. And I think the field mm-hmm. needs more of this. So sure. I would love for you to touch on that. Okay. Bit. So I'm looking at um, the phenomena of moving the artwork that was created in private into a public space. And how does doing so help an individual who've had, who's had a trauma um, be able to see themselves not only as like a victim of the trauma but as a survivor and it's in the public witness of sharing that artwork and being affirmed by a supportive audience is where um, the integration of this new self-concept happens and so what I've done is um, there's a, a group of women who created art about pregnancy loss miscarriage, uh, death of a child, Mm -hmm. and they had the work on display in a public show. And so I've made a little uh, documentary film interviewing them and getting to really understand how was um, showing their art beneficial and therapeutic. And in the art therapy field, the ethics around sharing artwork has been um, taboo and it's, it's been a, a point of um, wanting to protect the, the client, wanting to protect them from exploitation um, and not re-traumatizing the client. Um, but I think that because we've been so protective, we actually are missing out on a big opportunity to support people and to educate the public about what our therapy is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I will be finishing up very soon and hope to be um, showing the film publicly for people to see and with a lecture about I can't what wait it to means. See. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that that's just another great example of the need for a field or profession to evolve and continue to grow with our humankind. And I think about that, the way you put that um, past versus present was showing art and you and I both coming from open studio, I think it makes sense. I mean, there are definitely those people that you wouldn't, but I think there's those people that really would benefit from and the it, process. I think it's not only the people who show the art, but it's the people who come to see the art and that find watching the art or seeing the art or trying to understand the art from the perspective of the creator actually shifts and changes the viewer of having like a different perspective on something and empathizing with the, the creator. Um, so it's not just the creating of the art and putting the art out there, but it's also experiencing it from the other side. And what I found actually was quite interesting that the, some of the artists talk, made art that was more like painful or angry and other artists made artwork that was sad or, lonely and it allowed for the artists to be able to say yeah I felt that way too but I couldn't express it so they were acknowledged by just witnessing each other's work which I think is important to be able to um, be acknowledged for what you created but also acknowledging that in each other mm -hmm. so it's amazing what an art show can do doing that for sure I know definitely in group situations sometimes someone doesn't want to talk and that's okay, but then somebody else says it, and then all of a sudden they're like, I feel that way too, and all of a sudden they find some power, or some strength in somebody else, and, and then they do, mm -hmm. so that makes a lot of sense. Well, our time is ticking away here, and we are going to wrap up. Is there anything else that you would like to say to our listeners about um, creativity or inspirations? I think you could find creativity in every day by just taking time to Open your eyes, turn off your phone, unless you're gonna take a picture of something. Just slow down and look around you. Look at the beauty that's in your environment. Look at the small little bug that's crawling across the ground. Look at the sky, look at the shapes of the clouds. It's all in taking that time to be able to see the world with different eyes. Thank you, Mary. It's been great having you let me interview you in your space. I love your office. We're going to be adding on the blog um, some links to things that Mary talked about, maybe her studio in Chicago, and um, some images of this cool office. Um, thanks for, being, for letting me interview you. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our interview today with Mary Andrus and found all of this information about art therapy and Merrillhurst and social action of value and saw even more ways to bring creativity into your world or just look for other ways people are being creative in your world. If you are out for a walk or driving and you see some great piece of art, stop, pull over, 
check it out. Look at it for a minute and think about what was that artist trying to say in their creation? What's the message behind the mural? As I wrap up, I look forward to sending out another podcast in the future. I'm not sure who I'm going to meet next, but I plan on bringing you someone full of creativity. And I hope that you have a great day and are honoring yourself and being kind to yourself and being creative in some way. Thanks for listening. The Creative Wellness Podcast is produced entirely by Beth M. Short. For more information about my services, check out my website, bethmshort.com, and also my art therapy open studio, 100thmonkeystudio.com. Thanks so much.